0: And welcome to our weekly ICT4D conference podcast. My name is Sonia Ritzel from CRS, and I'm interviewing experts for you to talk about digital development trends, innovations, and good practice. Today I have the pleasure to interview Carl Lowe, the CIO of Catholic Relief Services. Hello, Carl. Thank you for joining us.
1: Hi Sonia, thanks for having me.
0: Since you are overseeing the full technology portfolio at CRS, um, would you like to share with us how you're adjusting the overall IT roadmap and investments, and what you have identified as your key priorities for the coming year?
1: And The agency strategy is really around six strategic change platforms, and I guess I can get into those a little bit later, but the way I think about the roadmap for IT is really in this, what I call, five focus areas, what I call the high five. And the high five really is around, number one, resource mobilization, because if you're not bringing in resources into the agents, then you can't do anything to help the people in most in need. So you've got to start with resource mobilization. Number two is really supporting the mission. And supporting the mission is what we do day in and day out, what my colleagues do around the world and helping the the world's most vulnerable people really to pull themselves up and help them work through the many different issues that they have to deal with. So supporting the mission is number two. And then reducing costs is number three. Reducing costs, sure, I can think about reducing IT costs, but it's really reducing costs for the agency and thinking about it more broadly. Those are the top three of the five, and those are what everything is built upon. The last two kind of support these three, and the last two are reducing risk. In other words, if we have a lot of risk in the technology area, then we're not able to do the great work that we do supporting the mission and bringing in resources. So we've got to look at risk from a very broad perspective. And then the fifth one is really... Overall, developing the team. And the team is more broad than just IT. It's really how do we develop the people in the agency to be able to deliver in the most effective manner.
0: Thank you, Carl. I really like high five. It has a very positive connotation as well. (laughs) Um, Let's talk first a bit about supporting the mission. So CRS, as most humanitarian agencies, is doing most of their work in low resource environments, operating with limited access to reliable power or IT equipment, and of course, the internet or connectivity, as well as in cultures or countries where there has been an emphasis on more face-to-face meetings and offline or paper communications, so this is all making the path to digital extra challenging. Could you please share more what you are doing or plan to do to support your mission?
1: Yeah, so again, the the mission is really our core activity that we do as an agency, and so what we're trying to do from a technology perspective is to actually help to scale what we do. On and our agency strategy, like I said, has really six strategic change platforms. We've used uh, technology in some of them for a very long period of time, accelerating the end of malaria, would be a good example, of where we've used technology for the last couple of years, really, to scale our impact. There are other strategic change platforms where we really don't have a technology component to it. And for example, building safe and dignified homes and communities and increasing youth employment, civil civil engagement, those are areas where we haven't uh, really had a technology component to them. And we're thinking about creating technology roadmaps then for all of these strategic change platforms where it makes sense. In some cases, we will double down on things that we're already doing, like in malaria and other cases, there may not be a technology component until we get to a certain scale. We've also uh, rolled out uh, what we call Project Insight, our ERP transformational project. The project really enables CRS to meet the mission by better delivering goods and services, by better accounting for these goods and services, and really by better positioning our worldwide staff to meet the needs of all of our program participants. So we're we're looking at uh, Insight as a way of truly transforming all of the work that we've done. A good example is, you know, one country program used to create innovative ways of paying suppliers, and another country program would have another innovative way of paying a supplier. And they wouldn't really mesh together. Now with Insight, we have one standard process that we have across the whole agency. So when someone moves from one country program to another, they don't have to relearn something. And and when someone wants to pay a supplier, they don't have to create an innovative way of doing that. There's a standard way of doing that. So we can then spend our innovation brain muscle on those things that most impact uh, the people that we're serving.
0: Thank you. Yeah, so mentioning Project inside, I would assume this is also very much linked to reducing costs, one of your points. You said just now that this Project inside the enterprise resource management system has been launched earlier agency-wide which was, I think, incredibly fortunate timing to implement a new system, which is integrating and digitizing all key operations just before a global lockdown. But so, well, well, well done on that. Are you already seeing the expected benefits? And what are your next plans with this?
1: Yeah, so it was either good or bad timing, however you look at it. But we literally went live just before everything closed down, and people were doing heroic efforts to keep the go the go live uh, dates and times uh, on schedule, wherever they were in the world, whether they were being quarantined in a government uh, facility or quarantining at home. And yeah, we're already seeing uh, some benefits from Insight. I, what we're already seeing is a better ability to see where our cash is and to better manage our funds and, frankly, to better manage our people in the organization. You know, Before, we didn't quite know where all of our people were, what were they doing, where were they charging their time to, and how best can we support them. Now, with Insight, we have insight into all of those things, and it's really uh, driving significant benefits will continue to deploy the system, you know, to the right countries at the right time for them to take maximum benefit of the system. And I say that uh, in the sense of every country may not deploy all aspects of the system uh, just because certain countries may not have enough scale or may not have enough need to actually deploy a fairly sophisticated piece of software Other ways that we're thinking about reducing costs, certainly IT needs to manage itself in a good way so that we can reduce our own costs. But I can take 10% out of my costs and that's a small amount of money. But if I take 10% out of the agency's costs somewhere and we use technology to do that, that's a large amount of money and a significant benefit to the agency where we can then take those dollars and use them uh, where they're best uh, needed or where they're most needed in the world. And so we're we're beginning to see some of that as well. Like I said, it's the the way to to really work through the deployment is we want to manage the deployment in the best way possible uh, of insight so that we can take advantage of uh, the significant cost outs that we see there.
0: Excellent. Thank you. That's a great way forward. We're talking about um, reducing costs, but obviously you mentioned earlier reducing risk is another high five focus area. And Cirrus is endorsing the principles for digital development and their responsible data values and ethics. What other steps are your agency taking to reduce the risks, especially when managing large amounts or sensitive data?
1: Yeah, really, the, the biggest risk that I see right now, and it, you know, all of us are working from home with lots of distraction. We're all trying to be parents. We're sometimes trying to be teachers, and we're all trying to be workers all at the same time. And the bad actors around the world know that that's going on and that we're distracted. And there's a significant amount of new and really unique kind of phishing attacks going on to take advantage of this situation and we can put all kinds of technologies out there to try and thwart the bad actors but the biggest leverage point is frankly our people and and we've done a significant amount of training to train them to think before they click to understand when someone asks for their credentials of some kind that's not anything that we would do so we try to train people to really think before they click this Focus on the individual is super important right now because, again, the technology will only get us so far. And if we don't have our people trained up and ready to deal with some of these threats, um, we're not going to be very successful. The other thing w- that we look at is the data risk. So given the port of the mission, the second high five, and that we're using a lot more technology in our programs, That just means there's a lot more data. And we're training the folks in our programs to treat the data about an individual as an extension of that individual. And therefore, they, they need to treat it with dignity and respect. That actually resonates very well with us because we've hooked it right into part of our vision and mission of the overall agency and how we respect the individual. And so we want people to respect the data about the individual as much as they respect the
0: individual. Uh, so so you just mentioned a lot, the, the individual and the, the people behind the technology, which really brings us to the an overarching focus areas of develop the team that you mentioned earlier. Would you like to share a little bit more around this focus area as well? I think particularly you mentioned awareness for applying artificial intelligence um, and process automation. Um, what, what do you have in mind here?
1: Yeah, so we're thinking about One of the ways we actually work through very sophisticated programs, where where we find them is out in the field. Our field teams are super excited to use technology, and they use it in very, very innovative ways. And one of the things uh, that we found is a program called MIRA that essentially took normal programs, you kind of do a baseline assessment, you do a midterm assessment. Mira took that and did the assessment on steroids, so we're getting data all the time about what's going on in the program. And then what Mira did in a very sophisticated way is they used AI to kind of look at trends and look to see where uh, populations might be at risk, where youth might be at risk. And then even more innovatively, they took that data back to the participants and asked them. To come up with solutions to the problems that they're facing across the the board. So, we're looking at scaling MIRA and AI component of MIRA in particular to scale it in a much bigger way across the agency. So, when we think about AI and the amount of data coming in, we need to think about what we just talked about in terms of risk. We need to think about that data inherently has a bias to it, and we need to make sure that. We pull as much of the bias out of it as we can. And then we just need to make sure that we go into the program and understand deeply what we're trying to do, because if you just collect a lot of data on something, you're just going to get a lot of data on something. You're not going to be able to make any sense out of that data. You really got to go in and, and start with the end in mind and work backwards to what data do I need to get. In terms of uh, the second part of your question uh, on uh, RPA or remote process automation, we are looking at some capability there, particularly in our finance uh, community, maybe in our supply chain community as well, to try and help improve the processing and the processes that we have that we've just rolled out with insight. You know, so if it takes us 10 days to, to get a supplier into the system today, we wanna to get that done in less than a day. How do we look at that process to make it as efficient as possible and take all the waste out of it? And then how do we look at the output measures of that process to make sure that it's delivering effectively?
0: Thank you. You mentioned resource mobilization as your first focus area of the high five, but uh, for me, it's now my final and last question for you. So digital investment and capacity building fundamentally enable the mission and the impact to continue through this disruption by the current pandemic. And as we've seen with the first digital strategy by USAID published in April um, this year, as well as DFID strategy from 2018, um, they really request from NGOs to use the latest digital technology to push the development system to become more effective, transparent and accountable However, usually donors prefer to fund specific programs and service delivery efforts instead of supporting broad infrastructure efforts within NGOs. So do you think we will see a change in the donor approach to funding digital investment and capacity building, or what, what else do you see around the funding of digital investment?
1: I'm really excited that DFID and USAID have come out with their digital strategies, because what we can then do then is as we apply for the grants, there's usually now a technology component to it. And therefore, we can apply the technology piece of the delivery of the program to that part of the the application. And I think what's going to happen over time, Sonia, is that the work that we do is going to become more and more and more digital. And I think DFID and USAID will see that those are uh, key components of how we deliver. And it's really the key component on how we could scale. So I'm really excited about that. In terms of what we're trying to do in particular, we're certainly helping our, what we call our charitable giving group, develop their capability to better understand their donor profiles from a 360 degree perspective, understand all aspects of the donors that we have. We're also looking at how our USAID and DFID, how our institutional donors are, are thinking about us as well and thinking about the important things that they're trying to get done. A couple of uh, things that we've done particularly well, I feel, on the technology side is because of the work that we did in bed net distribution in Nigeria We worked very closely with the Global Fund in in that effort and Global Fund and the Gates Foundation and CRS came together and, and did essentially the same kind of thing. And now we're delivering with technology some medicines for and against malaria as well. And so those are kinds of snowball kind of effects where you you do work, you do good work in one area and it leads to to good work in other areas. So we're, we're really trying to drive that capability through the organization. And then the last thing that we're doing from a resource mobilization standpoint is, we're now looking at our global results and really looking at our outcome measures of what we're delivering. And we'll be able to deliver outcomes uh, by the end of this year in, in a way that we've never been able to do before. So we're really excited about that.
0: Thank you, Carl, and thank you very much for sharing your insights and your vision for CRS. It's become really clear that to develop a successful IT roadmap and truly transform within the digital world, an organization has to unify people, processes, and technology, which is never an easy endeavor. So um, good luck, (laughs) and um, thank you so much for sharing this with our audience.
1: Yeah, Um, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: And thank you all out there for tuning in. More information about our upcoming podcasts and webinars can be found on our website ict4dconference.org. Hope you will join us again next week.